0: Here we go ahead
1: <laughs> tent wall
0: outside divide half you were my portion O Lord I have promised to obey your words I have sought your face with all my heart be gracious to me according to your promise I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands though the wicked bind me with ropes I will not forget your law at midnight, I, ar- I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love, O oh Lord. Teach me your decrees. How's that for an ending?
1: That's a great, great ending. Teach me your decrees.
0: And then the whistle.
1: And the whistle. Yeah, that was uh, that was me being told that we're live. Um, us being told that we're alive. Okay, what do we have here? We, it, it is the 25th today, is that correct? Okay. Uh, 20, Almost Christmas. 25 May, what would you write in a last letter to an aging parent? Archibald Alexander was a Presbyterian pastor who became the first professor at Princeton Seminary in 1812. His reputation for sound scholarship and his commitment to God and to his students followed him throughout his life. When his aging mother was in failing health, he lovingly wrote the following letter to comfort her. Princeton, May 25th, 1823. My dear mother, when I last saw you, it was very doubtful whether you would ever rise again from the bed which you were confined. Indeed, considering your great age, it was not to be expected that you should entirely recover your usual health. I was much gratified to find that in the near prospect of eternity... Your faith did not fail, but that you could look death in the face without dismay and felt willing, if it were the will of God, to depart from this world of sorrow and disappointment. But it has pleased your Heavenly Father to continue you a little longer in the world. I regret to learn that you had endured much pain from a disease of your eyes and that you have been less comfortable than formerly bodily affliction you must expect to endure as long as you continue in the world while your heavenly father continues you in the troublesome world he will i trust enable you to be resigned and contented and patient under the manifold afflictions which are incident to old age the great secret of true comfort lies in a single word trust cast your burdens on the lord and he will sustain them if your evidences of being in the favor of god are obscured If you are doubtful of your acceptance with him, still go directly to him by faith. That is, trust in his mercy and in Christ's merits. Rely simply on his word of promise. Be not afraid to exercise confidence. There can be no deception in depending entirely on the word of God. What a great son to write this to his mom. Mm -hmm. Unreal. It is not presumption to trust in him when he has commanded us to do so. We dishonor him by our fearfulness and want want of confidence. We thus call in question his faithfulness and his goodness. Whether your mind is comfortable or distressed, flee for refuge to the outstretched wings of his protection and mercy. There is all fullness in him. There is all willingness to bestow what we need. He says, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. As the day is, so shall thy strength be. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Be not afraid of the pangs of death. Be not afraid that your Redeemer will then be afar off. Grace to die comfortable is not commonly given until the trial comes. Listen not to the tempter. When he endeavors to shake your faith and destroy your comfort, resist him and he will flee from you. My sincere prayer is that your son may set in serenity, that your latter end may be like that of the righteous, and that your remaining days be the blessing of God's providence and grace may be rendered tolerable and even comfortable. It is not probable that we shall ever meet again in this world. And yet, as you have already seen one of your children go before you, you may possibly live to witness the departure of more of us. May we all be ready, and may we all meet around the throne of God where there is not separation forever and ever. Amen. I remain your affectionate son, A.A. A. Letter writing provides the writer with the opportunity to choose words <clears throat> carefully and the receiver of the opportunity to read and reread the letter. If you were to write a fine letter to a parent or a loved one, what would you say in it? What truths or words of comfort would you especially want to include? Two Timothy one three, night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Wow, was that was that nice. The end of this chapter we're in. We'll also... Oh, that's a fact. Wow, that was really great. A um, couple prayer requests here. <sighs> Lynn is getting confused about little things and Mary her, his wife was in the hospital with sepsis, and she's still very tired. Each day is a struggle, she says. And uh, uh, despite that, when they email me or write me, they always are praising the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the, the faith of these people is like that guy writing to his mother there. Um, keep Lynn in prayer about you know, his memory, and Mary for strength, because mm-hmm. they're just... Such nice people. Anyway, I guess I didn't know she was in until after she got out. And, uh, you know, sepsis is one of those things that can end you very quickly. So Becky's shoulder has been in great pain since March. She hurt it again, and she's back to square one. So keep Becky in prayer. Dangerous situation in a home where a family member is getting aggressive and abusive. I can't give any more information than that, but this poor lady has asked for prayers, and... uh, So uh, keep her in prayer about that And uh, maybe uh, that can be resolved Quickly Wow Um, Anyway Yeah I can't say any more than that And then we have one person in the church Right now Of the church right now In the building That uh, uh, is going in for a spot on his lung So keep that individual in prayer as well And uh, we'll just go to the Lord Heavenly Father We are very grateful to you for your your hand of comfort and what so wonderful to read that letter It was just wonderful what he said to his mom and uh, may we all have the same steadfast faith that he professed in his letter to his mom and that he was certain his mom had and uh, Lord we're all set to die unless you come at the rapture none of us is getting out of here alive and so it's something that we have to face and we don't want to let you down by fearfulness by something that is inevitable instead we would pray that we would have confidence in the inevitable that uh, there is something beyond it that you have prepared for us and we have absolute certainty of that in our daily walk and we would pray that we would have the same certainty of it when we are faced with our demise It's, it's all gonna happen to us Lord so just be with us and we know you are you are a rock and you are a place of comfort our source of strength and Help us to lean on you in good times and in bad. Uh, we just uh, ask that this class would be handled properly and that your word would be opened and explained properly as well. Uh, what a wonderful word it is, and it's so precious. We're just thankful for this word. It's just it's something that can keep us grounded and fixed on you while we're living in this ever increasingly wicked world. Wow, thank you for this word, the light that tells us about Jesus who reveals you to us. Thank you, O oh God. Amen. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a letter. My goodness. Okay, we were in... A, and who wrote that? Uh, Archibald, what was his name? Let me see if I can... Art, Alexander, I think. A. A. Archibald, May, let's see here, May 25th, I said? Yep. Okay. Uh, Archibald, yeah, Archibald Alexander, a Presby- Presbyterian <laughs> pastor who became the first professor at Princeton Seminary in 1812. Wow. Yeah. Things have changed. Things have changed. I was going to say that because I've got, uh, you know, some of the things on the report for this weekend. One of them involves one, maybe Princeton, one of the uh, Ivy, uh, Ivy League. Leagues. And that was what I was thinking of while I was reading this. Mm. It just, all right, um, let's see here. We're in um,
0: 1 Thessalonians 4, 5, four. okay. 5, wow. wow. Back it up to 3, beginning of the paragraph. It is God's will that you should be sanctified. That you should avoid sexual immorality that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable five not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God
1: okay that's it yeah not in passionate passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God so yeah a little different there Um, let's see here Paul's previous words showed that each person should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Now, in contrast to that, he says, not in passion of lust. The word translated as passion, pathos, indicates strong feelings which are not guided by God. Rather, they are those sensual feelings which draw one away from him. He then combines in a word translated as lust, which is not limited to sexual desires, but includes all sorts of desires. They can be negative, but in the context of the verse, they are negative. One of the main uses of the word is that of covetousness, when what Paul is describing is completely contrary to sanctification and honor. To sanctify oneself is to be separated from the surrounding worldly things we face. If one is consumed with the passion of lust, they are going full steam ahead into those worldly things, not away from them. Likewise, there is nothing honoring of God in such lusts, but rather choosing the path of the devil is what is seen. To confirm this, he then says, like the Gentiles who do not know God or the heathen, okay? Um, probably the word is Gentiles and they just chose heathen because it's kind of a heathen way of looking at things. But anyway, um, what he's saying, the word, or what I said, uh, the word he used can be used beyond sexual desire, sexual lust. And so, you know, just think of anything that you go headlong after. Sure. Obviously, he's speaking of sexual in nature right now, but anything that you just becomes your priority. When I was a kid, I loved cars, and I was always thinking about cars. And I, you know, how can I make my car look better? And well, you know, I guess most kids did that with something. But you know, now I couldn't care at all. I wash my truck once a year. Um, really, I just took it over just uh, two, three weeks ago. Anyway, it was before class, so it was probably three weeks ago. But yeah, once a year, I take it over there, and I try to get my son to do it. Would you take it there? But it takes a couple hours, and so he has to coordinate on a day when he can drop it off and leave whereas i just sit there um that's okay but um you know the truck is used for taking stuff to the scrap place it's used for picking stuff up on the side of the road and you know like i was went to get a. have you ever been to culver's Right there. Oh, they got the best hot chicken sandwich. You know, you could go to Chick-fil-A and get the same thing, but the line is like 8,000 cars long. They so, move so. They yeah, move. well, they do move, but Culver's is slower, definitely. But right. it's right there. So I just go there and I get one of those. I went there today and um, I, uh, you know, I'm waiting in line and I pull up one car further and there's, you know, stuff sitting in the bushes. Somebody just threw it out their window. And so I just picked it up and threw it in the back of the truck. No point in having it look bad there at Culver's, and next person's got to look at that too. But that's what cars are for. You know, if you go full headlong with cars, you end up spending all your money, all your time, all your resources on it. And then the girl you were trying to impress finds somebody with a better car than you anyway. So it's just a losing game. You know, it's just a losing game. So the best thing to do is if you can teach your children about not doing stuff like that, and it's hard, the what?
0: Focus on utility.
1: Focus on utility and focus on...
0: Because girls
1: don't care about cars. Yeah, anyway. Well, that's, yeah. some of them do. Anyway, the, uh, the, but yeah, you know, if you can just avoid that kind of stuff in life, you're so much better off. Mm-hmm. But especially, especially with lust. And I'm talking about the sexual lust, not the lust for cars and stuff. Because, you know, it just, it, it consumes your mind. It's a dead end trap. There's I don't care what anybody says, whether it's the neighbor's house or whether it's the neighbor's wife or whether it's the neighbor's car, it is no greener on the other side of his fence, okay? It, it is not, okay? When you get the car, it's gonna have problems or it's gonna be too expensive for you or, it's, you know, whatever. Whatever it is that you think is going to make you happy, one, it's not going to last and two, you're just wasting your time on it, okay? So focus on what is honorable, what is noble and. And uh, you know fix your eyes on the Word of God and on what he would want for you and you will save and I'm talking obviously to younger people that may be listening which who knows but if there are any listening you just will save yourself so much waste in the meantime if you just do things the biblical way um, you know it, it, people date and then they think well you know we're they go further with that and uh, If you just wait until you're married, you will be so much better off. But we don't think that way. You know, I'm, you know, I got this long, long life ahead of me and whatever. And I don't know. It just, the best thing to do is just follow what the word says. (laughs) You're going to be so much better off. Anyway, and I can say that looking back on life after what, 58 or 59 years. I'm sure you could say the same thing. But when you're young, you're not. Probably a little bit longer. Well, yeah, a little, but I'm, yeah, you know. Um, So here you go. Uh, where was I Paul is a word is that of covetousness yes okay so uh, there's nothing honoring to confirm this nothing honoring of God in such lusts to confirm this he then says like the Gentiles who do not know God here he is writing to Gentile believers But he contrasts them to Gentiles who do not know what they, as believers, know. And that's probably why they chose the word heathen there. My guess is if I was to look, it says Gentiles. It's just one word. But to show a contrast between these people and the people they used to be, they chose the word heathen. But it's probably the exact same thing. The differences set them on a completely different path. Okay, they have come to Christ and have been instructed in what is pleasing to him we were talking about Jose, Mabel and I, when we were checking out the kitchen and um, uh, she was saying, y- you know that that is a guy that has a changed life. That he is so focused on what he's doing. And he, he you know, he, uh, he he was in Tampa. He wasn't in Sarasota last week. Oh
0: really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so he said, I want to go to church and the people that he was staying with said, we'll take our car. So he drove all the way from Tampa just to come down to the church mm-hmm a day. I mean, you know, because whatever. He's just a very grounded guy. He was a guy that, I have no problem saying this because he said it already, so I'm not giving anything away. He was a young guy. He was into drugs, what, 14 or 13? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's And somebody talked to him about Jesus, and he had this change in his life, and he is not gone off that path now. And he's got to be as old as me I mean he's got gray hair I'm not totally but he's got gray hairs and so anyway um, and yet he's he's so willing to just put Jesus first and to just keep going and going like this energizer bunny and so you know focus on Jesus focus on the word and you're gonna do so much better with your life Um, uh, he was set on a completely different path just like they were they have come to Christ they've been instructed in what is pleasing to him The path they have chosen is one which follows the sanctification and honor that he spoke of earlier. Like we said last week, I've got different types of sanctification. Positional, and you've got progressive. Positional is God looks at you as sanctified. You are nothing but sanctified, okay, in his eyes. Even if you're not sanctified in this world and living for him the way you should be, you are sanctified in his eyes. But there is progressive sanctification, which Paul is writing to us about okay he's giving us this information to tell us this is how you should live your life this is what is pleasing to God and not only that it is what will keep you from harm okay that I you know you think of all the different things you can get from doing the wrong thing in life and if you just follow what what the Bible says you're gonna avoid a lot of that I mean bad things happen to good people and you know you can't live in a bubble but if you live by the biblical way, your chances of not being harmed in many, many ways really increases. So uh, they have come to Christ. They've been, I've said that the path that they have chosen is one that f- which follows sanctification that God wants. The only other, the only way the other Gentiles are going to know how to conduct themselves before God is by their example, okay? And that's why you see all of these churches nowadays with the rainbow flag out front. And they're not setting any example at all for the world No. zero they are accommodating the world and they are becoming a part of the world once again that church may when I say the church I want people Don't to understand know. the church is not a building it is the people in the church that church may have started very strong they what did you say it's good oh, okay they started strong they they uh, uh they're a group of people that wants to follow the lord and eventually you get somebody that moves in and they want to change things and then you get a pastor that moves a little to the left and it just keeps happening and pretty soon they're hanging these these rainbow flags outside and they're uh, they're becoming the world and the world has no hope of being saved in that type of an environment no hope okay if you want people to be and that doesn't mean you need to be like the Baptist down the road that I used to attend everybody has to wear a suit and tie and you got to wear shoes and you got to do this and you got to do that man that's as damaging as is the other way and sometimes it's more damaging they're adding to the word they're adding in things that have nothing to do with holiness and sanctification okay and but you know women can't have any and they can't show knees it's got to be below the knees and on and on and on you know and, and yet They'll all go out for a outing to the beach. Right. The whole church, we're going to go out to the beach next Saturday and are all wearing bikinis. Uh, <laughs> tell me that makes any sense at all, folks. So, you know, it's just we are going to be better than the world around us and we're going to prove it. And that doesn't bring anybody into the right. church e- either unless they just want to live in bondage. Okay? So uh, the only other way that the other Gentiles are going to know how to conduct themselves before God is by your example you as a member of a church okay don't be a stuffy legalist and don't be a person that's going to accept perversion otherwise how could they ever come to know the truth all right the only way they're going to know is if you are willing to live as a normal person but with set rigid standards of of adhering to the word of god okay and once again you can't do that if you don't know the bible Bible. Bible. it's not possible and so it, that's why people should be in Bible studies. That's why people should be evaluating the word, reading commentaries, and et cetera. They should be doing that because you're not going to know how to do these things unless you have the manual in front of you and you're reading it, okay? And uh, uh, who was it? Was it in the class today before we opened, or was it Sergio this morning? Anyway, um, we're talking about just that, is that um, uh, it, the Bible just keeps, it. you keep, I don't care how many times you've read it you will read something that will be pertinent to your life and you'll say I never really thought of that before yeah every day you're reading it and something will come out to you that you had not noticed before this happens a lot now I read the Bible first thing in the morning okay I do that and then immediately I start the Acts commentary okay and then I always go afterward you know you you got to go upstairs to brush your teeth and so I am up there brushing my teeth And I always have the Bible in front of me while I'm doing that okay and I usually read one half a a chapter or a whole chapter if it's just uh, uh, not a long one okay because you know I I can only brush my teeth so long I just got to get back down there and get to work so anyway I'm reading the Bible and almost every day I will think I wonder what that word is in Hebrew does that match something that just came to mind? And I'll go down and I'll do a, a five minute study on that word, that something that came and it happened this morning. I'm up there, I'm brushing my teeth and I, you know, I hadn't thought about that before. And so I went down and I did a study on it. And if you're doing that, you are learning what, you know, if you're curious about something when you read it, then follow through with it. Don't just say, well, is that, I never thought of that and then just let it go. Go figure out what you are, process all the way through what came to mind. And that will, I'm telling you, it'll just help you. The rest of the day, you may be thinking about that word. Oh, you know, that was so interesting. And how does that develop into other things? So um, use your time in the word wisely. And then I do the same thing at night. When I brush my teeth at night, which mom's probably very happy about that, that I brush my teeth twice a day, but I, uh, I i brush my teeth at night and I'm reading the Bible and I do the same thing. Now the computer's already off, so I cannot check what I wanna check unless I go to the iPad. And I'm not really good on this iPad, but I will do that sometimes if it's really striking, or I'll just catalog it in the next morning, I'll go and look that word out, okay? But do that, take the time to do that and you you will benefit from it, I assure you. Anyway, life application. Our conduct in the presence of others should be as Paul describes. Reading his epistles is the way to come to a right understanding of proper church age doctrine. Let us read, meditate on, and apply these words to our daily lives, to the honor of God and for the sanctification of ourselves, which is the whole point of what he's writing about progressive sanctification learning the word and then applying it to your life great stuff it's it's a a, you know it's just what we need to do and like I said you're not going to do it unless you are in the word Paul wrote these letters to that to these people to remind them of what he had already told them because they're gonna forget unless he reminds them and we'll see that like I said in 2 Thessalonians 2 don't you remember when I told you these things okay so it's You're going to forget unless you continue to read, to ponder, to meditate, and to study. You're going to, okay? And the Bible is so big, like I said, I don't care how many times you've read it, you will find something that is new and fresh every day. Um, Yes?
0: Not scripture, but a song. A song. Oh, happy day. Oh, yeah. Fix my choice. For oh, yeah. thee, my Savior, and my God. You've talked about being happy.
1: Absolutely. And to
0: begin with. And yeah. That came to me. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy
1: day. And who it, wrote that? It
0: fixed, uh, fixed. Uh, Philip Doddridge.
1: Philip Doddridge. Never heard of him, but it's a, it's a good old tune. Wow, good job. Good stuff. Uh, Miss Garrett, are you doing well tonight? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> she must have gotten caught in the traffic coming off the island. Seeing as it's the middle of summer and there's no traffic coming off the island. <clears throat> Excuse me, I was just thinking out loud. Um, best life in the world. Uh, I, yeah, I was just going to say I better I better make up for that, or I might not get dinner tonight. Okay, we are in one Thessalonians chapter four, and we are moving into verse six. Yes, I had to say that because somebody wasn't aware of where we were at. Uh, verse six,
0: and that in this manner, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins as we have already told you and warned you.
1: Okay, this one's a little different, says the same thing, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such and we also forewarned you and testified. So, a little bit different, not much, but a little bit, anyway. I, I hope everybody online appreciates that I'm kidding with my mom and my wife when I do this. Uh, they always have something to do I understand that uh, my wife especially you know uh, it's her only day off the whole week okay and so she's got a lot to do that needs to be done so when I'm picking on her please uh, just know that she she knows I'm kidding and uh, so um, anyway uh, four six. in verse 4 3 Paul wrote for this is the will of God your sanctification After that, he noted sexual immorality as being opposed to sanctification. Now he goes on to a conclusion of this thought and notes that which would hinder sanctification. It is if one would take advantage and defraud his brother in this manner. That's Paul's words. Take advantage of and defraud his brother in this manner. Okay. Okay. Uh, Did I do something? No, I didn't. Okay, good. Um, So, um, the word translated as take advantage is one which is found only here in the Bible. It means to go beyond. In the previous verse, Paul had spoken of the passion of lust. As noted, that phrase is not limited to sexual desires, but includes all sorts of desires. They can be positive, they can be negative, but in the context of the verse, they are negative. One of the main uses of the word is that of, as I said in the last um, verse, covetousness. What he is now saying is that we are not to allow our hearts to be filled with covetousness in this way. In allowing this, we would then be impelled to, Paul's words, take advantage and defraud one another in this matter. Okay, and that's exactly right. If you think about coveting, and every time we talk about coveting, I always try to remind you, it is one of the Ten Commandments, and it is one of the Ten Commandments that is unique because?
0: Nobody can tell.
1: Nobody knows it but you. And when he says, you shall not covet, and you violate the law by coveting, that means that God knows, okay? He is reading your mind. He is reading your thoughts. Now, uh, you know, people may not have been able to appreciate that quite the way we can now, because somebody said something to me uh, yesterday, maybe yesterday, great, great idea okay Um, he said you know what is the great deception that's coming up okay when the rapture happens how is that going to how are people going to be deceived about that and he had a thought that I thought was pretty cool okay now this isn't going to deceive everybody obviously but it's going to deceive a lot of people and it is now possible in the way that he described it to me so I thought that was pretty cool Um, with AI technology and you're on Facebook, you're on Telegram, you're on Instagram, you're on this, you're on that, you're on one thing and another. And they want to make it look like those people are still there. So most people think they're still there, even if the family knows that they're not there. How, how do you do that? The AI can simply take what you have been posting and it can become you. It can make posts that you would have made, looking at all the posts you've made for the past 20 years, and it can say, I'm here, you know, have a great day, you know, whatever. And you could deceive people that way with a computer because the computer has gone back and scanned what you know. And if you, well, if the thing we did that Sergio did of you and me, this AI program, Sergio just put it in and it. I had nothing to do with it. He had nothing to do with it we nobody typed anything in Sergio just gave our voices into the computer and said I want you to make up a story between Jim and Charlie where they're talking about nuclear uh, something okay and throwing in jokes about cats okay and so it wrote the program it used our voices and nobody could tell the difference unless you really really knew that person okay it it, when I listen to it I, I can hardly tell that's not you mine is a little less because when it recorded me it was going from my sermons and studies and i'm reading things i'm not talking like i am right now and because of that it's a little more like i'm reading something whereas jim is so natural it's almost impossible to tell that we weren't sitting there having that conversation
0: three minutes long and it took linda two minutes to say to figure out not you to figure (laughs) out
1: that's two minutes it took his wife of how many years 42. 42 years to figure out that. And it took Kineko a little while to figure out it wasn't me. Okay, I don't know how long. It might have been eight seconds or it might have been, you know, a minute. I don't know, but she was like, you know, she, she knew something was up, but she wasn't. Anyway, uh, so that would be a great way of deceiving people, saying those people are still there. They're posting on Facebook, okay? And then slowly over the next year and a half, have them die of cancer or something. This has I, been going on for a number of years. Well, absolutely. Sure absolutely so you see that this is something that is now possible though rush may have said it but it wasn't possible without what they have now now i'm not saying that is going to happen but that is something that could happen you could say well those people didn't disappear look they're still posting that's just nonsense those christians are all out there doing it and only a few people around them would know and then they could just say well we're blocking them from facebook take the family off and say that you know they could control this very well all right and so Uh, the point that I'm making about this is that AI can figure things out now. God is God. He knows what you are thinking. He knows what you are doing. Okay? If we think that AI can really deceive the whole world, do you think you can deceive God in covetousness? Okay? He knows every single thing that we have ever done. Now, as I said last week, and, you know, one guy emailed me and He told me I'm glad you said that is that uh, he also knows our limitations okay he knows that we are fallible we're not perfect and he does not expect that we will be perfect so if you're failing in some area work on it pray about it ask him to lead you out of it but at the same time you are his son or daughter because he has saved you you have believed the gospel the Bible is very clear, despite what people say on their websites, that people say in their sermons, the Bible is 100% clear, and you don't need the Bible to figure it out also, that salvation is eternal. You are not doing something in your life, whether you're coveting or whatever, if you are saved that will cause you to become unsaved. You may get shot, you may get go to jail, whatever, but that is what the sanctification here is for. It is to take care of us in this life so that we don't have those things happen. But, and we pay the penalty for the things we have done or will do. But God understands your limitations. And so he's not going to hold that against you. Uh, well, you will be judged for it at the Bema seat. Uh, and you're not going to lose your salvation, but there is a judgment for your what you have done for the Lord, okay? The things you have done in faith. So uh, have that in mind and understand that when paul speaks about things like covetousness and lust and you think well i can get away with this you can't so don't try just talk to the lord about it let him know that's the main thing to do is that uh he he, he's graceful he did not need to send jesus into this world totally unnecessary he is contained within himself i'm talking about happiness and uh, about you know, him as a being. He didn't need to do what he did, but he did it because he is love and he is filled with grace and he is not going to cast away that if those who have come to him. Now, I said a minute ago that you can know that apart from the Bible. Just simply thinking it through logically and Jim knows this, he'll repeat it during the opening comments sometimes, is that God cannot make a Mistake. mistake. He can't do it, okay? if he seals you for the day of redemption and gives you the guarantee and then he takes that back by anything that you as a human have done even if you say i don't want to follow jesus anymore i willingly walk away from him he made a mistake sealing you in the first place and that is not the god of the bible god cannot it's not that he won't he cannot make a mistake if you are saved it is done okay the one that is going to suffer the consequences of walking away from him is you that's the only one that's going to suffer but God is not going to suffer and he is going to keep his covenant hence we can look at Israel as an example of that and know that this is true 100% Israel is not right with the Lord they have not been right with the Lord as a nation for over 2,000 years and in fact they never really were right with the Lord all the way through. They had a couple good times with Hezekiah and Josiah. David was a good leader, but David himself wasn't right with the Lord, was he? I mean, I just read that a couple days ago. He went into the wife of Uriah the Hittite, right? So what? Yeah, absolutely He coveted. He committed adultery, he committed murder. He did these things. And yet the Lord, 400 years after he was dead, said, yet for the sake of my servant David, I will protect Jerusalem, okay? God doesn't forget these things he understands human limitations he doesn't want you to do those things and David suffered because of it his son rebelled against him right he said you're gonna have strife in your house people are gonna lay with your own wives in the open what you've done in secret will be done out in the open and those things happen to him but the Lord never took away his covenant faithfulness to David okay so trust in that trust that that is true because it is true anyway um, Where was I now? Take advantage and defraud. Um, Yes, uh, in allowing this, we would then be impelled to take advantage and defraud one another in this matter. Okay, he doesn't want us to do that. As he says elsewhere in 1 Timothy 6, oops, that's not the Bible, that's my note. Um, You know, I should have this up here. That's what I'm supposed to do. I always put it down then, forget to put it on my lap, and I don't make my life any easier. Uh, But I don't have it there now, and I need to get to 1 Timothy 6. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hello, Charlie. Okay, so we got Titus, and then back here, one second epistle to Timothy. So, 1 Timothy 6, and then verses 6 through 10. He says, um, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. Is this what I want? Yes. Um, is great gain. Being content, not lusting, not coveting, etc. Okay? For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we can carry nothing out. What? Who does that remind you of? Brought nothing into this world and you're going to take nothing out where in the bible is that recorded what is paul probably thinking of job Job. naked i came from my mother's womb and naked i shall return Uh, the lord giveth and the lord taketh away blessed be the name of the lord okay so that's probably what was on paul's mind there and job just happened to be you know a thousand two thousand years before him but anyway job and having food and clothing And with these we shall be content now I have to remind myself of that all the time right because you get caught up in this world and you think well I got to get you know this and I got to do that and so I'm always reminding myself of that verse with food and clothing we shall be content Okay, Uh, I was looking at. uh, I played for some of you last week a song that my friend wrote. Okay, Um, she uh, she's probably eighty something now, and she's so excited she's like a little kid. I sent him this song, and he he put it on YouTube the next day. So the guy wrote the music and played it for him, and so she wrote another song uh, for him, and he put that on there. And so she called me up and said, "You got to listen to my new song." Okay, so anyway, um, I'm looking at his house, and he's just got stuff all over his walls. It's just you know. across and, you know, the the couch has got like a sheet that's kind of hanging off of it. It's supposed to be covering it and it's kind of, then it doesn't look great. It's just, it's just a house. It's something that he's using, right? You can tell he's not really concerned about, this is my idol and I've got to have everything perfect in this house. And that thought, this thought right here came to my mind when I saw that. He's got what he needs. He's content. If he has a little extra, great. And I'm sure that if he didn't, he wouldn't care. You know, he's a pastor that's older and he sits and plays the piano for people on YouTube and so think about that Um, uh, we can't carry it out having food and clothing with these we shall be content you know what more do you actually need but those who desire to be rich fall into into temptation and a snare and in the many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Okay? If that's your focus, is getting rich and having a lot of stuff in this world, then it's going to consume you. And when it does, what did he say? Have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I got to have this. I got to have that. Pretty soon the wife gets tired of it. She leaves them. I gotta have this i gotta have that the kids don't want to talk to you anymore okay all of these sorrows are because your focus is wrong you've got the wrong focus and so all of these evils and then people come and they steal something from you and you think it's the end of the world now i'm not telling you not to get mad when somebody steals from you somebody did that to me a couple years or probably 10 years ago now they came into the garage because i used to never lock the house okay the day after this ha- we didn't have locks on our house, okay? The day after this happened, I went down to Lowe's and I bought locks for all the house, okay? And then we got these security things out there and just, it, it's like a fortress now. And I feel like I'm living in a prison, okay? But I thought, you know, I'd really like to get a hold of that guy. I'm, you know, so there's nothing wrong with being angry when you're violated like that. And I still, this is 10 years now, I still don't finish the night sleeping. Every single night I wake up every night because of that guy coming into my house and stealing my my furniture but it turned out pretty good didn't it Tom because I went out here's what happened I went out and I bought new stuff I had to replace the blower and I Tom knows I've got the biggest blower that can be that is made before you get a push mower because you know the push blowers have got a lot of power but they're heavy but I've got the biggest blower that you can buy as far as power and wind speed and uh, volume, okay, that you can carry on your back. And that's because I need to have it to get everything clean and still have time to do other things. If not, I'd be there doing this all day with one of those smaller ones. Okay, so I had to buy one of those. I had to buy a new clipper thing. I had to buy this, you know. So I went out and bought it all and they were just salivating when I came in and I said, you know. And then I didn't use the clipper things, but I did use the blower. I got a call from the police department uh, maybe a week later and they said, we found a car It had all this equipment in there. Um, Please come down and identify it. And so I went down there and unfortunately it happened because I would already used a couple of the things and you can't return them if they're used, but they were good enough to allow me to return the things I didn't use. And I went instead and bought a couple other things just so that they wouldn't lose out. But, um, I now have two blowers. And I had no need for a blower. And what was it, that week? I think it was that week, your blower stopped working? Is that right? Tom needed a blower. I'm like, I don't need this thing anymore, here. And then he didn't need any more when he retired from his business, and so he gave it back to me, and Thor needed a blower, here, okay? And then mine had a problem. So I thought, I need one that's reliable, so I took it in and had it fixed. I got another one, and the guy next to me at the mall you know, he takes care of them all next to me, south, I gave him that. So it just works out where the Lord says, you don't need two blowers. It's just going to sit there and get old. And somebody happens to have a need at the same time. Okay. But that was a heavy blower, wasn't it? (laughs) There was nothing easy about that. When I'm done on Wednesday morning is when I do that normally, almost every week. And when I'm done, I am done. I'm not just done. I'm finished. Okay. Or not just finished. I'm done. So anyway, um, but the Lord works these things out. You don't need to go getting greedy and rich and all that kind of stuff. The Lord will take care of you. That shouldn't be our focus in this world. Okay. So 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 10 tells us the result of that type of attitude. So uh, based on that, Paul says, rather than have hearts filled with covetousness, we are to be content with what we possess. And not look to those things which we have not rightly earned on our own the more i see what's going on in california in washington in these states that have changed their laws they say that anything less than a thousand dollars is no longer a felony okay it's not even a misdemeanor they just if you they will not book you they will not process you if you steal less than a thousand dollars there's no consequences and what has happened Gangs going into stores now and they don't do anything about the security guards, just stand there and let them go. They steal up to a thousand dollars and nobody checks. So they're probably taking $2,000. Nobody's checking anymore and they just take this stuff and go out. So what is it that happened in target in Portland uh, recently? Anybody? Do you know? I I think I said it during an update, everything everything, everything, you no longer can go into target and take something off a shelf it is all locked up and if you want something you walk in and they have to unlock it and you come and say that's what I want everything now what kind of a life is that where's freedom in that for the people that are paying their taxes that want to buy this stuff because they have savages literally savages out there stealing that's a violation of every principle that you will find in scripture concerning private property everything And yet they are allowing this because they hate God. They hate what God has ordained and they want to do everything possible to get the Christian idea of society out. And that's why they're doing these things. That is why they are forcing them on us is because of a hatred. Target proved that in the past two days or three days and now their stock is tanking is because they were buying stuff from a Satanist. Right. A Satanist. Now that guy doesn't love God at all, let me tell you. So they're buying this stuff, and they're putting it out on display for little children. Queer all year, the queer calendar. Little children can come in and buy it, and people didn't like it. So now they've taken it out of some of the stores, taken it in the back in some of the stores, but this was right when you walked in. This is, they hate God. Mm -hmm. They hate you if you are a Christian. That's what's going on here. This isn't a political thing. This is a spiritual thing event that is happening in this nation and it is not going to get better i tell people if you think this is going to get better it is not now we have a safe haven right now but we're one election away from having exactly the same thing imposed on us here okay and they would do like nothing more than you know they may even let the whole nation go just to overrun florida steal an election in florida and have it all left and then go back to the regular thing and the whole nation will be gone right okay you got these couple states that are on the right, That are, and why are they on the right? Because they believe in the Christian values. If we can get rid of them, we'll have the whole shebang. Who knows what they're going to do? But these people are plotting. They're plotting the destruction of Christianity openly. It's not, you know, what you said about Princeton, okay? What are they doing at Princeton now? Pagan party every week, okay? It's unbelievable. Anyway, I don't mean to be a downer, but this is not going to get better. This is why we're reading this about Paul. It's Our hope is not prophesied. here. Prophecy. Here. Being fulfilled. That's <laughs> right. Hello. Yeah. Um, let's see here. For those who, uh, I'll read that again. Rather than hearts filled with covetousness, we are to be content with what we possess and not look to those things which we have not rightly earned or owned. Okay? And that's what these people are doing because they are allowed to do it. For those who would act in a manner contrary to this, he then provides a warning by saying his words, because the Lord is the avenger of all such. The Lord will avenge these things, okay? So we may say, man, they're just getting ahead in this world. They're, they're winning. They're not winning anything, okay? They may get temporary control of this nation, of this world. They're not winning anything, okay? You look at the people that are up in Congress, you know, they're so arrogant. They're defying, they're defying the leadership of the Congress, the FBI, the CIA, these people. are. They're not handing over documents that belong to the American people. Right. They're openly defying them. And then you get the left in the Congress, which is supporting them. Okay, you think they're winning, they're not. They're gonna have their party for a very short time and the Lord will avenge this. So don't get disheartened. And I have to tell myself this every single day. Every day I have to tell myself this because it is so bad in this world, okay? And when I say bad, in comparison to what it was, because the people over in Africa, they've been getting shot by, you know, renegades for the past 50 years, thousands of them. And you don't even hear it on the news. Those people have it really bad, okay? We think we have it bad because we had a standard which is no longer the same. But if you look at our situation in, in comparison to the Armenians, at the turn of the last century, or of the Vietnamese, you know, the Christians there after the takeover of the communists. We have it really good still, okay? But it is bad compared to what it was. It's not going to get better. Anyway, um, one must remember that Paul is writing to believers. But the principles which he writes also pertain to non-believers. Any such negative actions will be judged by the Lord. For those who are saved, they will be judged at the bema seat judgment of rewards and losses. Romans 14, 1 and 2. Uh, yes, 2 Corinthians five ten, And then you also have um, 1 Corinthians uh, 3, 9 through 11, I think. Anyway, uh, for those who are not in Christ, they will be judged and then cast into the lake of fire. That's uh, Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. No matter what. All transgressions will be judged, okay? And I say this at the end of sermons sometimes. Maybe I'll say it this week, maybe next week, but I I don't miss many sermons before I say this, is that uh, Jesus Christ took all, not some, all of the judgment of the world on himself, all of it. And that will either be poured out on you because you refused it, or it's already been poured out on him because you have accepted it, and you will not be judged in that way, okay? Our judgment is completely different than what Jesus Christ had. There's going to be no punishment. There's going to be, he does say, they will be saved yet as through fire, and what that means is it's purification. It's not punishment, it's purification. The things that we have done wrong will be burned away, and there will be whatever is left will be purified okay but Jesus Christ has taken that punishment for us and so if you just think about that I mean why would God it's another good argument for eternal salvation why would God punish his son for our sins and then say okay I'm taking away your salvation it wasn't good enough I mean think it through okay Uh, to finish the thought Paul then adds in Uh, As we also forewarned you and testified. That's Paul's words. As we also forewarned you and testified. It is obvious that Paul preached the grace of Christ throughout his ministry. And it is confirmed throughout his epistles. However, he also preached that sin will be judged. He never teaches that grace grants a license to sin okay and people will you know i had one guy uh, maybe i brought him up before he emailed me one time and I happened to be after a bible class that i came in and he said well um you know do you believe blah 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 and i went back and i said yes and uh uh you're saved by faith through by grace through faith not of yourself okay everybody agrees on that but then uh afterward he said well uh, what does that mean as far as salvation can you lose your salvation i said absolutely not And he says, so you are giving people license to sin. And I said, no, I'm not giving anybody anything. The Bible gives us free will. We have a choice what we will do with that free will. Okay. And I clearly demonstrated to him what I'm talking about right here, which I just said, by the way, um, uh, he never teaches that grace grants a license to sin. And then, he came back with this smart, really nasty comment, and I went back to him and I said, you know, you can say what you want, but this is what the Bible said, and he said to me, if you ever email me again, I'll report you so that you're, you're, I'm like, you're the one that asked the question, I'm just answering your question, and once he is put into a box by his own stupidity, okay, that grace does not mean a license to sin, Paul does not say that and your view about your working to prove that you're a saved person and that you can't do wrong is validated by every single time that you do wrong because I guarantee you that guy is not perfect. He makes all kinds of mistakes and using his logic, he's out, okay? The
0: best response I've ever heard and I did not think of it. Is okay. You can lose your salvation. It's like, okay. Well, let's not even talk about that. Let's talk about how you're saving your salvation right now. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> just, just tell me what you're doing. Yeah. And like you know, and it's, it's like you know, how it just are you saving up. your it's like, salvation? What, what's your deal. It's like you know, what are you doing?
1: Absolutely. Tell me about this. Because there's nothing that they're doing that will
0: no
1: will no compare to what happened to Christ on no. the cross. Nothing. No. Yes, Burke? Use not
0: your liberty for an occasion to the flesh.
1: That's right. Use not your liberty. No for an occasion to the flesh. Obviously, we have freedom to do whatever we want. If I want to go out and do something today, God is not going to stop me and my salvation is secure, okay? We've already talked about logically from the Bible and out of the Bible why that is true, okay? We're given free will, but we are not granted license. And some people just can't understand that. They they cannot understand that grace means that you're free. Grace. <laughs> yes, you're, you got it for free, and it's uh, it, it, that's it. Mm-hmm. Grace is grace. There's nothing that you can do to earn it, and there is nothing you can do to keep right. it. Okay. And I think the
0: problem with most that do that, they do not. You, you've mentioned the Bema seed twice now. They, they just don't even talk think about it. No, it's like you're either saved or not saved. You're going to. That's go right. Save. It's like well, okay,
1: you're saved, but you're still
0: accountable.
1: Accountable for everything and, right, you right. do. So
0: it's. You
1: know, I just don't get it. I don't either. I mean, they read the same Bible and they come to... I, I don't... I think that it comes down to self. You know, everything in this world is always self. Every religion on this planet is self. And even people that have been saved by Jesus don't want to yield self. self. They just don't want to do it. They want to say, I, I must have some control over what's going on in my existence. Well, you had control when you said, I received Jesus. I believe the gospel. That's control. It's a hard thing to do. But once you did that, that should be the end of it. That ought to be the most freeing experience a person ever, ever feels. And instead of working out their life in the flesh, they ought to say, I'm so thankful for what he did. I'm just going to live for him the rest of my life. And some people just aren't willing to do that. I don't know. Anyway, instead, this is Paul. Instead, he speaks clearly and carefully about the need for believers to be molded into the image of Christ, not license, but Christ. And to stay away from sin his words here show that he taught it to young believers right along with their salvation message and he continued to warn them as a part of their regular instruction okay there's no doubt that he did that you're saved now live for the Lord okay live for the Lord life application the Bible asks God's people to be holy because he is holy where is that recorded Burke be holy, for Leviticus, I am holy.
0: Leviticus, uh, is it 18?
1: Oh, 11. <laughs> Okay. 1144. I'm certain that's, and now I I may, I better be careful because Leviticus, I say that yeah, and yeah. then, I, 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 yeah, somebody will send me an email and say, boy, did you, I hate when I do something wrong and somebody emails me and said, you know, you be close, but yeah. not quite. Not quite, Charlie. Uh, Leviticus, I know it's 11 and verse 41, 42, 43. 44, yes, for I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves and you shall be holy for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourself with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Okay, there you go. So that means I was going to make a joke about Democrats. I better not. Um, Okay, let's see here. Um, uh, Let's see, stay away from sin. Uh, Yes, I read that. Okay, regular instruction. Life application. The Bible asks God's people to be... Oh, I read that. Be holy because he is holy let us endeavor to live in this manner at all times ever striving to be the best examples of righteousness and holiness that we can be to the glory of god and it isn't easy get cut off on the highway and you're bound to not be holy if you're close enough to the person that did it i understand that okay things happen in life that we wish we didn't do hindsight is 2020 everything is perfect when you look back on it, uh, but how imperfect it was when you did it, okay? I understand that, okay? Uh, That would be Charlie Garrett 101, by the way. Uh, What? Yeah, and his mother. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. Well, she's got a little, not a big one, just a little bit of a temper. So, uh, yeah. (laughs) Just a little one. But she admits it. So, okay, uh, 4-7. For
0: God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life
1: okay there you go once again sanctification god did not call us to uncleanness but in holiness okay so the word four is given to confirm what has been stated in verses three through six we are to abstain from sexual immorality as described and we are not to take advantage of and defraud our brother as noted okay and i would go so far as to not defraud anybody if you owe taxes pay your taxes. If you owe uh, respect, pay your respect. And all that, uh, you know, it, it that is stated explicitly and implicitly elsewhere, okay? So don't defraud anybody over what they are due. Um, now, I know that I don't have the greatest things to say about the guy in the White House, but I don't think he's do it, okay? And I've said why. I'm not going to say it now, but uh, because this is a Bible class and I don't want it to get pumped off of YouTube, but um, I I don't think he's do it personally and there's a reason for it we can talk about that afterward if you don't know what I'm thinking but anyway um, so uh, uh, the reason for this is God did not call us to uncleanness the things he stated in the previous verses would do just that they would render us unclean further what is more appropriate is that the word to uncleanness should be stated as for uncleanness the words I said word it's two words the preposition denotes God's intention for us not the state that we may or may not be in at any given time he has called us he has not called us for uncleanness even if we act in that way after being called and there's a big difference for that once again progressive sanctification and positional sanctification in contrast to this he says instead that we have been called in holiness the greek preposition is different than the previous one epi or for and then n or in okay now epi uh can mean different things just so you know epi can be for but the word epi signifies does anybody know what it signifies yes on epidermis that's all you need to do is think of the epidermis okay but it also can be translated as for in various other ways so you kind of have to take the context with it but if you were to just say upon or on every time that you came with epi you could probably get the 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 idea of what is being expressed because it generally means something that is on or upon okay Uh, i don't want to get too uh, into that because you have to take things in their context and see the what's being said by them but that'll help you the word n is exactly where our word in came from instead of a e we have an i but that's where it came from we have been called by god who is holy therefore we have been called in holiness he is holy we have been called in holiness we are in christ okay so think of it that way um therefore we've been called in holiness and so we are to act in that same manner holiness and sanctification should be the characteristic elements of our Christian lives. This is perfectly stated by the Lord to Israel in Leviticus. There it is. Hey, Leviticus 1144. So which we just read. Be ye holy for I am holy. We are called in holiness. What Israel missed and what we continue to miss in the church is that we have been sanctified so that we may then sanctify ourselves. To not follow through with what the Lord has done is contrary to what is expected of us we are to be holy because the Lord who called us is holy okay once again this has to do with your life in the Lord it has nothing to do with your salvation then people often mix these categories everything if you think of doctrines set doctrines as a box okay if you overlap the boxes you are going to make errors this box is for this This box is for this these things are what God has set forth for us and when you say this and this and they're mixing all of a sudden you can say well see you can lose your salvation or see you've got to do this or you've got to do that look at what you read as a concept which is a box all by itself justification is justification it's not sanctification if you say justification and sanctification and you mix the boxes you're going to have a funny walk with the Lord Okay, glorification is not justification. This happens and this happens, but they are not the same thing. Keep the boxes straight. Always keep the boxes straight and you will not make the errors that so many people do. They'll stand in the pulpit and they'll tell you something and there's a mixing of what he's saying. And all of a sudden, your theology is getting off track. Okay, so it's important to keep the boxes straight. Don't overlap them. Understand what each thing means, and treat it in that manner, okay? That's important. It's hard to do. It's very easy to get things crossed in your mind. I understand that as well. But if you can just say, this is not what Paul is speaking about, or this is what Paul is speaking about, and that is over there, it will be a big help to you, okay? Always keep the boxes separate. Life application. How sad it will be when we stand before the Lord and see how truly unholy we were at times. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel it all the time. Wow, I I just can't believe what I thought today. I can't believe what I did. I can't believe people saw me do that thing, you know, and I never worry about. This is one thing that I never worry about. I'm walking around 7-Eleven six days a week in the mall, but 7-Eleven, there's a lot more people. The mall is empty during the day. Or that time okay but I'm at 7-Eleven I'm walking around barefoot and I don't care what people think about me I couldn't care the pants are old all right they got paint all over them, and they're just the shirt is disgusting because I haven't washed it in four days I wear it an hour a day for six days and then it goes into the laundry on Friday morning and it comes out nice and clean again okay but I don't care what people think about me and what I look like and I'll give you an example of this. This is so funny. This happened last week. There's a wonderful, wonderful lady that works at 7-Eleven. Her name is Betty. Oh, she's always happy. She's a Christian by the way. She's always happy. Okay. And so, I'm out there picking stuff up and this guy, I I'm out there and guy's out there too. And then he comes in and then I go in and I walk around into the back of 7-Eleven because I have to get some garbage bags because the guy that's supposed to take out the garbage at night knows that I will do it and I won't complain. And so I'm back there getting garbage bags to take out the garbage. And while I'm back there, they didn't see me walk in. This guy is saying, it's so nice that they hire that homeless guy (laughs) to take care of them all. And she was leaning over really quietly saying, He's not homeless, but, and she's telling him about me. And then I come out, and I I, I kind of heard that, and I said, "Hi, Betty," just to let her know I'm coming by, because I knew that she was saying something about me because she was being quiet. And she turned around. And she said, "I was just talking about you." She said, "He thought you were homeless."
0: Anyway, I don't care. What's that? Put him on the spot. It's I like... don't.
1: You know, I don't care what people think about me. Right. I really don't. They can they can think whatever they want about me. Personally how I look but I don't want them to see me out there doing something at Seven Eleven I shouldn't be doing and saying what kind of a guy is that you know, I, but that did happen Here's another funny one before we go on this one is cute. I every day They've got these rubber mats when you walk into a store, right the rubber mat. And that's when you hit those. What does that do?
0: Dust it it, the it, end, that's yeah. Right,
1: you're hitting rubber and the dust that's sticking to your foot comes off because it's a different tension okay so they get all that dirt on them and they don't carry it into the store I picked one up outside and the kid inside with his mom and dad said mom he's stealing the (laughs) mat have a great night guys be safe anyway yeah so and they said no 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 he's just taking it out so anyway, so you know, I do look like the kind of guy that would steal a mat when I'm walking around Dirty like that. old mat, yeah. Yeah. Why would anybody want a mat? But maybe I needed to sleep on it and back. But um, you know, that does happen at the mall a lot. People sure. go into the cardboard dumpster and they take cardboard out and they put it. There's bushes between 7-Eleven and the mall, and there's a little like uh, almost like a little forest back behind there, and they sleep on. It. Man, these sure. people come from up north. It's cold in the winter, and they come down to Florida and they sleep back there, and I never say a word as long as they keep the place clean. If they, some come down and they're real pigs, they are gone that day. I, You leave or the police are gonna be called. I'm not gonna take that, but if they're clean, we had one guy that didn't have a house, I know he was homeless, and he lived under the stairs, under Davidson's, not the side stairs, the back stairs. He lived under there for months, and every day he would get up and he'd take his bed and he'd roll it up and he'd leave it right there, the place was kept clean he was he, I know he just lost his house or something I never complain about people like that I, if I see him which usually people like that are out early looking for a job or whatever but if I see him hey thank you for keeping the place clean have a great day whatever but I have no patience on people that come back there and just throw stuff everywhere they are gone I don't take that cuz I'm the one that's gotta pick it up anyway um, how sad Uh, Yes, uh, we're going to stand before the Lord and we're going to see how unholy we are at times. If we can just remember this now, it will help keep us on the right track. Keep the holiness of God in the forefront of your mind and then endeavor to emulate that holiness at all times. If we do that, if we just keep thinking about the Lord, you know, just think about the Lord. Think about the Lord. And that's why I love having that audio Bible you know what I'm sitting here got my mind all over the place and then I say oh I'm supposed to be listening to this and I turn it up to get my mind back on it because you're so prone in life to getting away from what you should be doing think about the Lord okay verse 4 8 hey, well let me open this before you do that though, so we are on the same page okay go ahead
0: therefore he who rejects this instruction does not reject man right. but God who gives you his Holy Spirit
1: uh, this one says but God who has also given us his Holy Spirit. That's right. the only difference in Making that.
0: Sense.
1: All right. So the word translated as therefore is rare, being used only here. And in Hebrews 12, 1, it is a combination of three separate words which come together to form an emphatic what must follow. It extends the same thought which precedes it. It covers everything from verse one, which said, exhort in the Lord Jesus. After that, Paul mentioned the commandments that were given through the Lord Jesus. And then he mentioned the will of God. Each of these was explained, but now he emphatically states, therefore. Okay, which is what I said, what must follow. Here's what must follow. And then he says, he who rejects this does not reject man. The word this is inserted by the translators. But it was purposefully left out by Paul to add emphasis to the second clause. It actually then reads, Therefore he who rejects does not reject man. It causes the mind to reach forward in anticipation of what it then must reject. He then immediately explains it by saying, But God, yes, the highlighting of Jesus and the will of God in the previous verses was given to lead us to this. Those who conduct themselves in the ways that he is presented in verses three through seven are not rejecting Paul as if he alone had made up these commands. Rather, they are rejecting God himself by rejecting his commands. Okay. Now people could say, well, what an arrogant person. He's speaking on behalf of God. No, he's not. He is an apostle. He is sent by the Lord An apostle is an ambassador, but more. He is a person that is fulfilling the word of the Lord. He is out there doing it because the Lord has purposefully sent him. He has seen the Lord, he knows what the Lord expects of him, and when Paul writes something like this, it is because he is inspired by the Lord to do so, okay? They're not rejecting Paul, they're not rejecting man, they are rejecting the Lord who would want us to do these things. Be holy as I am holy. Well, the Lord said that. Paul is saying it, okay? He's repeating the word of the Lord. He's giving explanations, okay? We need to understand that when we are reading the Bible, we are reading the Word of God. It's not just something that, how damaging it is that people in churches treat this as if it's something other than the Word of God. Okay, that was written 452 years later by some unknown Hebrew scribe. They inserted that in there. When they start going down that path, get up and leave that church, okay? The Lord wrote this word, okay? There may be things in there that have been manipulated by man, and we've seen that with the Masoretic text. Instead of saying, you know, they pierced my hands and my feet, the Masoretic text says, like a lion, my hands and my feet. But we can know which text is correct based on the internal structure of the psalm itself, okay? So we have the word of God. We just have to be diligent enough to study it and to find out why they changed this instead of leaving it that way and we can find it out. There's nothing that God has given us in this word that we cannot deduce from somewhere else. Scholars for the past 3,500 years have been studying this word. They've been documenting these things. They've written down margin notes. They've given footnotes in Bibles so that we don't have to go trying to figure out, well, why is this the way it is? They've already done it. All you need to do is be diligent enough to check it out. And if you don't know how, send an email to somebody that does, and they will help you. Okay, but don't reject this because somebody says that that was written by a priest, that was written by a Jehovahist, that was written by a Deuteronomist, okay, and that was written by an Elohist. That's called. And you know what that's called? An idiot. Well, it is. But there's a uh, Justin well, a Wellhausen. Uh, Julius Wellshausen was the guy that first came up with this. It is called the Documentary Hypothesis. And he went through the Bible and he says, Wow, I'm hypothesizing that that this was written by four different sources. And he calls it J-E-D-P. J is Jehovah's, okay, E is Elohist. That means this guy followed the God Jehovah. This guy followed the God Elohim. So he's dividing up the the Bible into different entities that have inspired it. This guy, J-E-D, is a Deuteronomist. He took the words here and he he expanded on them. So this is a Deuteronomist that said, okay, I didn't like what was said here and I'm gonna correct it more here. And then the last one is P. Uh, I, I think I said it wrong. P is the priestly. So a priest wrote this, okay? And that is the documentary hypothesis. And that is the standard that you are going to get in almost all seminaries today. That the Bible was written, this line was written by a Deuteronomist. This line was written by a priest. This line was written by an Elohist. All these different people. And I'm not talking about just this part of the Bible over here. I'm talking about the entire law of Moses. The the five books of Moses, they've divided up into... Four different sources. Moses didn't receive this from the Lord. This is this is what they they tell us. Okay, it's just like it's just his opinion, though. Oh, that's exactly right. That's so, why it's called the documentary Hi-pothesis. hypothesis. It's right. like the theory of relativity. It's, it's a theory. Evolution, you know? evolution. Evolution. Yeah, the theory of yeah. evolution. People want to do anything except that God created this world, or that we are accountable to God. And so they make these things up. Okay. So if you ever come across the documentary hypothesis, if you go to a seminary, you're going to be taught about it. They may say that's nonsense, like the seminary I went to, but uh, they may say this is, this is validated. And then all you need to do if you decide to go to seminary and they teach this, all you need to do is pull out one of the chiasms that they have documentary hypothesized and say this was written by one person or actually by one being God and it was transmitted through Moses because these chiasms go all the way through their documentary hypothesis and there is no way to explain that away you cannot say well they went back after these people put it in there and then wrote in a chiasm because the chiasms are found now they weren't known 30 years ago I've found, how many of them myself, i probably found 60 or 70 chiasms that have never been found by anybody. How do I know? I go check. When I go to uh, when I find a chiasm, I go and I search online. Is there a chiasm in this section? And if nobody has recorded it before, then I know that I'm the first person to have found that chiasm. We've got one coming up in uh, Joshua 22. A long one that I found years and years ago. I think I found it in 2011. And I don't know anybody else that's even to this day recorded that okay but it's on my chiasm list that blows away the documentary hypothesis so all you need to do is say listen we've got these literary structures that could not exist chiasms and parallelism and there's many many literary structures that are found within the Bible it is not possible especially when some of them overlap a chiasm and a a uh, uh, parallelism and then somebody four different people wrote this it's not possible it's not. Po- An AI machine couldn't do it. You could say, I want you to do this. Give me four different sources, which obviously is one source. And then say, I want you to also have a chiasm in there. And I would also like you to have uh, parallelism. It wouldn't be able to do it. I'm sorry. It, it, it's not even credible to think that way. So uh, understand that you have a reliable word of God. I don't know why I got onto that, but I get angry about these things. What verse are we in right now? Uh, We are in eight. (laughs) Eight, okay, so where was I? Um, Um, uh, uh, Oh yeah, what must follow causes the mind to reach? Oh yeah, reach forward in anticipation. The highlighting of Jesus and the will of God in the previous verses was given to lead us to this. Do we have time? Yeah, we've got time to finish this. Those who conduct themselves in the ways he is presented in verses three through seven are not rejecting Paul as if he made up the commands. Oh, I think I read this too, but that's okay. Rather, they are rejecting God himself by rejecting his commands. Okay, the word translated as reject signifies to break faith with. In conducting our lives in a manner contrary to the words given, we demonstrate a lack of faith in God's word, and we cancel his authority over us. We become rogue agents with a perverse agenda. And we all wanna do this to some extent at one point or another in our lives. I'm just, i just, I, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm just gonna do it, whatever. Okay, we get these thoughts in our minds. We get this, this, uh, this perverse streak in us. Have you ever read Poe? Anybody ever read Elf Poe? He did a book called The Imp of the Perverse. It was one of his short stories. Wow, I haven't read Poe in years and years, but uh, it, it's the guy that killed somebody put him under the floorboards of the house, okay? And the imp of the perverse says, nobody's ever gonna know, nobody's ever gonna know, but there's something in him that says, I, I have to tell, mm. I have to tell. And he's running, he's running. I, I'm sure I'm not mixing two stories. It's been 15 years since I read any Poe, but he's he's sweating, he's, he's running away from it, and I, I can't get away from the thought, and then he blares it out, okay? That's the imp of the perverse in us. I know God says not to do this, but I'm gonna do it. It's that perverse imp that is in us. And Poe was able to take these conditions of humanity and put them in a way that we understand. Maybe we didn't know why we did the things we did before, but he was such a dark guy that he lived with these things. He lived with the terror of being walled up, right, in the cask of Amontillado and being buried. And he lived with that. And so he was able to pull out things that we know are there, but we don't know why, okay? The imp of the perverse is in you, and I'm not saying it's an actual demon or anything. It's our human nature, this impish nature that says, I'm going to do this despite knowing that it's wrong, just to do it, okay? And that's how we are. That's how we're, it's our fallen nature, okay? So, um, break faith. It's a perverse agenda. Paul then notes as a confirmation of this that God has also given us his Holy Spirit, Those who came to Thessalonica and instructed the new believers were filled with the Spirit's gift of inspiration. It logically follows, though, then, that Paul's words continue to be inspired. He is writing on behalf of the Lord. And what then follows is that all of Paul's letters that are included in Scripture are, in fact, the Word of God. He was selected by Christ Jesus in Acts chapter... Nine. That's right. He evangelized and he ministered to the Gentiles, and he wrote letters of instruction as inspired by the Holy Spirit. Those letters have been saved in the passages of the Bible, or I'm sorry, in the pages of the Bible, and they are doctrine for the Gentile-led church age. Okay, people are always asking me, I get the question a lot, is... Uh, You know, is this cultural or is this descriptive, is this prescriptive? If it is Paul's letters, it is prescriptive. It doesn't mean everything in them is. I, I try to always let people know this, and I know I've said it a million times, and I'll say it now a million and one. When Paul says, I was shipwrecked, I was beaten with rods, you know, I was blah, blah, blah. That's not this. That's not prescribing anything for you. Right. It doesn't tell you to go out and be beaten with rods or to go get shipwrecked. He's giving you information that he's describing something, but he's leading us to a point that is prescriptive. Paul's letters are not cultural; they are not. And when I say cultural, I mean pertaining only to the Corinthian culture or pertaining only to. They are for all cultures during the church age. So you can't say, "Well, that was in Corinth, and he's not writing to us today." that is not correct it may have been cultural to the Corinthians but it applies to us we cannot under the Sun right that's right okay so uh, uh, keep that in mind Paul's letters are for Gentile led church age doctrine okay and they're gonna be doctrine for other people but they're gonna be pertinent in a different way after the rapture just like the letters to the uh, end times Jews are doctrine we can read them we can say Christ is our atoning sacrifice Christ is our high priest Christ is this they apply to us but they apply in a different way the direct the audience direction is different etc okay anyway life application ignore Paul's writings and you have no sound doctrine at all for the conduct of your life in Christ during this dispensation none don't ignore Paul's writings okay short and sweet on the life application but we cannot know what is expected of us and how to live lives that are holy you know if you ignore Paul's writings and you know that you have to be holy because the Lord says I'm holy where are you gonna go back to the law that's what the you know the Hebrew roots people do Wow, well, we don't need Paul we already know how to be holy we're not gonna eat pork when that has nothing to do with your sanctification it has nothing to do with your salvation it has nothing to do with anything because the law is annulled in Christ okay but that's what people will do anything to get away from Paul because Paul gets to the heart of the matter in Christians in this dispensation and I don't have to face that so I'm just gonna be better than Jesus and go back and do this so I don't have to be obedient to that okay that's not the way it works okay Uh, just so you know I brought up the imp of the perverse My guess is you can go online. It's probably public domain being Poe. And if it is, you can read it right online. And all of his books are very short. It's not like a 900 page thing. It's probably five or eight pages long. So if you want to read Poe, uh, do not read Edgar Allan Poe ever if it will interrupt your daily Bible reading. Okay, don't do it, please. Don't read anything if it will interrupt your daily Bible reading. Do not replace the Bible with anything else. I would admonish you that if you have time and it's not your regular time for reading the Bible then go read Poe or watch a TV or whatever you want to do and I really really loved reading Edgar Allan Poe I read him every single year for years and years I read his all of his works all of his poems everything and then finally I decided you know I'm gonna follow the Lord and I haven't read him once since then okay I did pick up the Raven when uh, Uh, My son was young, and I made him memorize The Raven. When they were in school over here at uh, West Florida Christian School, they had to memorize a poem. And most kids picked a poem that was like two stanzas. I said to my son, you are going to memorize The Raven. And that's like, what, 8,927 stanzas? That kid did it, okay? so uh, uh, And and none of you are
0: Raven fans.
1: uh, Yeah, (laughs) no Raven fans. Yeah, and I'm not raving about it today. I'm raving about the Bible. So we're, next week we're in uh, verse four, nine. We don't have time to do it. Oh, it's time to go. I was thinking we had another couple minutes, but we no. don't. We time to say a prayer and bail on out of this place. So we'll do that and we'll get it off before we hit our, if I go over the time, then it causes the guy that does the uh, the uh, yeah, the yeah video editing or the uh, podcast editing a lot of grief. So we, we, we want to close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this precious word, and we thank you that we have guidance to run our lives properly. Now, Lord, help us to be obedient to it. Help us to follow this word and to never look at the grace you have bestowed upon us as license. Instead, let us be willing to pursue you, to be like you, to be holy like you are, and when we fail, we already know that you've figured that into our salvation. Nothing surprises you but we can surprise ourselves with our actions. So help us to be obedient and and proper living before you. We pray for those we lifted up earlier and anybody else that's having troubles or trials that I've forgotten. Uh, Thank you that uh, the boy in Australia who got in the uh, bike accident is back home. We're very grateful about that. And uh, we hope that he will continue to heal without any further troubles. Uh, Lord, thank you. We praise you in Jesus name, amen. I forgot to mention him. I think his name is James. It begins with the J. It's James. Uh, he ran into that car, and he's doing better. They open the door. Very happy. Yeah, very happy. Okay, let's say goodbye to the folks, and then I'll turn the, the thing over there, and uh, we'll wave you goodbye. Let's see. Here we go. Here. Go to break. All right.